Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. You know, I was thinking about what to speak about today, and the Lord turned on the lights. He said, we all know about Christmas from the time that Jesus was actually before that when it was prophesied by an angel to a virgin, Mary, that she would bear the Son of God, the Messiah. Now, she was betrothed, that means she was engaged. And for her, now she was a virgin, she'd never been with a man. And for her to come up pregnant was a very hard issue. In fact, in some places they would take you and stone you to death. But aren't you glad Joseph loved her? And he didn't want to, quote, put her away. He wanted her to be happy too. But then Joseph had his own little encounter with an angel. Amen? So what I want what, what the Lord was telling me was, what's, uh, what happened right after his conception and his birth? Surely there were some things that took place. So today in the Bible, I want you to turn, first of all, we're going to be skipping back and forth. I want you to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody got that? Can you hear me all right? I know I've got some issues with my voice. I apologize for that. Let's look at this verse 1. Now, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, how many of you know there were lots of Herods? It's commonplace that in that time when you had a son, particularly a first son, you'd name him after yourself. So, He was born in Bethlehem. It was in the days of Herod the king. Now, Herod was a Jewish king. And who was holding power over Israel at this time? The Romans. And for what reason? They wanted their what? Money. It was all about tax. And boy, those Romans were really good about getting it. So, now... Clear up something here. Notice it says, Behold, there came 
wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now, that word wise men has been bandied around to, it became, we three kings of Orient, Ordan, so they weren't kings, and they weren't particularly wise men. Uh, the King James uses the word magi. Now, <clears throat> I want you to listen carefully. They were magi. They had a uh, uh, an Eastern magi mixed with a religion called Zoroastrianism. That's where you've mixed uh, astrology and black magic. So these guys were not goody two-shoes. However, listen to this. I guess one of them saw a star. There was something prophetic, and they latched onto it. They found out that a, a great man, whoever he was, was being born uh, very soon in uh, Israel, and they had to get there. So they had a, a good heart. They just were worshiping the wrong God. Amen? Still with me? And then look at verse 2, saying, Where is the king? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. Now, you get suspicious right away, at least the Jews did. Anytime somebody showed up saying that they were somebody, and you needed to take them to a certain place so they could meet somebody else, and you're real suspicious because you're living under the dark hand of the, of the Romans who are taking everything that belongs to you that they can get. Amen? And so they're, they're suspicious. We've come to worship him. Verse 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. So, yeah, they were troubled. Now, why would Herod be troubled? He knew, he knew that somebody was being born, a baby. He knew that this baby would be a Jew. And already there's whispering going around that he is called to be the king of the Jews. Now that position has already been taken, thank you very much. By who? By Herod. And Herod, you're going to see some things that will make your blood boil here. In just a moment, when people get jealous, what is it all about? It's about power. I'm not going to let your measly power come in and dump my true power. I'm the real king here, not this baby. I want you. What is that? Somebody's phone? The doorbell? Well, uh, there goes Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. Um, now where did I leave off? Okay, now let's read verse 3 again. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all in Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all, the chief priests and scribes, of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. He, look, he's feeling nervous already. 
somebody showing up to take my position of power, and I'm demanding that you tell me uh, where he is or else you're going to get something you're not going to like. Would you let him in? Okay. Good doorbell. Um, verse 5, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Now, I've been to Bethlehem. It's a small town uh, immediately, let's see, south and kind of east of uh, Jerusalem. It's controlled today by the Palestinians. Uh, the first time I went there, it was 1995, and uh, I was asked by, I was there for the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem. It was their celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. And they asked me to go with them and lead the music, and I did that. But I noticed from the minute we got off the bus, gathered our instruments, we got people all together, I looked up and all of a sudden men, not women, but men were appearing up on top of the buildings. We were in the middle of a, the busiest street in Bethlehem, kind of like a, a crossroads or, or a plaza. And there were men er everywhere, all over the buildings, and they were wearing Palestinian or Arab clothing. And it was, I was getting nervous. I'd never been to Israel. And a uh, guy came over and said, you can start the music. So I started leading praise and worship. But let me tell you something, and I, I felt like that was a, a successful thing that we did, but it was also scary. That was in the days when they were still blowing up buses. And I mean they were blowing up every day. You know how we uh, people in the Feast of Tabernacles choir got around? We rode buses. And actually I found out later that overall the bus was about the safest place you could be. Because you couldn't get on a bus without noticing that there were Israeli soldiers and police getting on every bus, and they were all armed to the teeth. In fact, they were required to carry, not semi-automatic, automatic weapons on their body at all times. I remember being on Ben Yehuda Street. It was a place where a lot of uh, people were gathering to eat, a lot of restaurants. And I was quite a distance from there, but suddenly I heard a boom, boom. And so I gathered myself together, and I ran down to that street, and a, a bomber, an Arab bomber, had blown himself up, blown himself up. Let me tell you how serious it was. When he set off those bombs, it removed his spine from his body, and his spine went right through the glass window of that store. And when they found it, it was laying in this, on the floor in the, inside the store. His spine. And I know that's gruesome, but I want you to know what's going on over there. It's just, it's just unbelievable. God help us. Everybody say that. God help us. 
Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Now, where did I end up? Um, somebody help me. Where did I stop? Six? Okay. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called, he did it in private, the wise men inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. So he, he found out these wise men were coming. Let me tell you something. These, quote, wise men, which we'll call the Magi, they didn't have any idea who was coming. All they know is they got a star in the heavens, and they got goosebumps, and they knew it was somebody important, and these guys were always seeking after the real God. Thank God. I, would, I, would, I don't know for sure it's not in the Bible, but I would, I would tell you this. I think later in their life, they gave their hearts to Jesus. So, so in verse 8, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. How many of you know he didn't really want to worship him? He wanted to kill him. He's a threat. You're a threat to my kingdom. You're a threat to my power. And let me tell you how this worked. The Romans only allowed Herod to be, quote, king of the Jews because they knew that Herod had enough stroke with the Israeli army, if you want to call it that, uh, that he would not allow things to get out of order. In fact, the, the rulers in Rome told him, as long as you could keep order in this country, you can continue to be king. But if you mess it up, you're out of here. Amen? So, and believe me, Herod messed it up. And there was another leader. How many of you remember Pontius Pilate? He's the one that they took Jesus in front of to be scourged and crucified. Okay? Verse 9, When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come uh, unto the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We all know what gold is. What is frankincense and myrrh? Somebody help me. Yes, and the women, all you know, getting married was expensive, same way it is today. Uh, these young girls who were planning on their eventual marriage were saving things like frankincense and myrrh uh, for two reasons. They anointed their body, and I, this will sound bad, but I can't help it. The, uh, the, their grooming habits and bathing habits weren't as nice as ours are, okay? So there was a a period of time where they had to cover up odors and whatever with, with uh, perf perfume aromas and things. But this stuff, the point is, it got very expensive. 
because they also used frankincense and myrrh in the burying of bodies. And uh, when Jesus was, uh, when he died on the cross, they anointed his body with those aromas, wrapped him, wrapped his body in linen strips about this wide, all the way down, all the way up. It was their form of embalming. Okay. Now, verse 12, and, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, deported, they departed their own country another way. Now, what this is telling us is these magi are already getting their eyes open. They already understand they've got enough wisdom to know that this Herod guy is not a good guy. Amen? And so they understand something's going on, so they decide a couple of things. We're not going back to Herod to tell him where we found the baby. We could, but we're not. And so what we're going to do is we're going to sneak out of town uh, probably at night, and the soldiers can't see us, and we'll sneak out and go about our, our business. Thank God they did that. Now, Verse 13. Keep in mind, this is after his birth. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And he and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek uh, the young child to destroy him does that is not is not bold or heroic at all when he arose he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the land by the prophet saying out of Egypt have I called her or I'm sorry I have called my son then Herod when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth or angry, and set forth and slew all of the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof for two years old and under. Now imagine this. This king, supposed king, has enough soldiers, enough weapons, that he is very easy. He masses a, a big troop of men. They got their weapons. And they go throughout the city, probably in Bethlehem, and they start killing every child two years and younger. Kill them dead. It's all about power. It's all about jealousy. How many of you know that if you are in a position God doesn't want you to be in, he'll take you out of that position whether you like it or not? Amen? He just will. And so that's what they were uh, dealing with. It, I'd hate to have been there to see that. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, verse 17, Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by uh, Jer Jeremy, or Jeremiah the prophet, saying in Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation, 
and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. Wow. And when Herod was dead, behold, uh, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of, of Israel. They are dead now, which sought to the young child's life. And he, he arose, took the, the uh, young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Who knows what town they ended up in? Yeah. Nazareth. I've been to Nazareth many times. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, city among the foothills in, in Israel. Very clean, very uh, modern. It's a beautiful place. And so Joseph takes his wife. He's married her by this. But keep this in mind. And they had different uh, ideas about uh, conception and keeping yourself clean. Uh, he, was, he was told by the angel, you marry her, but you're not to have any physical relations with her until all this is taken care of. Amen? You all out there say amen or something. Oh, me or oh, my. <laughs> now, verse 20, saying, well, let's go to verse 21. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Now you can understand that. Here was Joseph's wonder. I wonder if I could take my wife and this baby, and instead of going to Jerusalem, where everybody would know us, uh, and we'd get arrested immediately, I will take them and we'll find another city that we can hide in and be safe. That's why they chose Nazareth. Joseph, by uh, an idea of earning a living, living, was a what? He was a carpenter. And, and so Jesus, uh, as he was growing up, he learned uh, to be a carpenter as well. They made furniture. Anything that had to do with wood, they made it. Amen? So there we are. Now let's go to, uh, I'm going to try to, Get you out of here early if I can. Uh, Luke chapter 2. Verse 21. Now, this is interesting. Look at, look at verse 21. When the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of this child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, it's amazing to me that even today in a modern medicine, when your baby is born, now they don't always do this, but most of them do, they wait eight days before they circumcise the child. Now, who knows why they do that? Yeah? 
the 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 uh, what did you say, Ernst? Vitamin K. Thank you. You, uh, if you're born in those early days, there are st still things being uh, done for you and your body. Uh, the the clotting of blood is very important. Uh, if they're, I was circumcised. How many of you in here have been circumcised? No women, please. <laughs> uh, so circumcision uh, was important, but it had to be done right. And for the Jews, it was not just uh, the fear that the child might bleed to death, but it was a fear of not obeying God and, and him being in a situation where he was being spiritually cleansed. Keep that in your mind, okay? Now, chapter 2, uh, 21, 20, let's look at verse 22. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to the Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That was a common practice. You had a newborn baby. You waited a certain time till he was healthy enough to travel. You go into the into Jeru Jerusalem. Now, why did they go to Jerusalem? Because that's where what was? The tank in the temple. And in order to be uh, officially recognized, the child had to be taken there in the temple and raised up and presented to the whole country. Here's a brand new baby. Okay, everybody there? Now, um, and as it is written in the, uh, verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the, of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. What's a turtle dove? Does anybody know? What? It's a type of what? It's a pigeon like a but Yeah, it's a bird. So what these were were offerings. On behalf of the child, you presenting a, listen to me, a blood offering. He wanted that child to be blessed from the first day it was born right on, right on through. Now, um, I'm, I'm, just give me a moment. I want, I'm not going to overwhelm you with too much scripture, I hope. Do what? Let's look at Luke chapter 4. Everybody go to Luke chapter 4. And verse number uh, 1. Luke 4, verse number 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. This is Jesus, he's been baptized in water, and who led him out in the wilderness? Who led Jesus? In the, yeah, that's right. And most people would say to that, uh, it, it was the devil that led him out of there, out there because that was a horrible thing. The truth is, God led him out in the wilderness. Why? 
Let me look at me. He'll lead you into the wilderness too. Why is that? Who knows why that is? To to grow you up. Uh, God will never tempt anyone, but He'll test you, and He'll teach you things in the wilderness. Like He'll teach you the Word, and listen to this: He will teach you how to use the Word. If you're here tonight or today and you don't know the word, you're in trouble. And what that means is you need to get your Bible out every day and read it. And, and I've told you this before, but for a lot, a lot of you, the only word you're getting is right now. You ought to be reading the word. And I challenge you to read the word 10 minutes a day. How many of you got 10 minutes a day to spare? Nobody? Come on. Let, let God do a miracle in your life. Amen? Uh, so John chapter 4, verse 1. I'm sorry. Thank you, Luke. I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. Uh, and, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did not he ate nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. You know, that's a main question I get every time somebody wants me to uh, address fasting. Uh, they want to know, well, what's what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Uh, I, I don't recommend this, but Jesus didn't take anything by mouth, including water. And I don't recommend that for any of you. In fact, I recommend that if you're going to go on a fast, the first thing you need to do is see your doctor. Make sure that you're in good shape physically uh, because it, it could lead to a serious situation. Amen? But don't be afraid to fast. Usually God will, very rarely will God lead you to a fast beyond three days. But when it's over, you'll look back at those three days and you'll understand why God led you that way. How many of you fasted before? How many, how many of you? Would one of you like to raise your hand? Iris, tell us what happened when he fasted. Hang on just a second. I want everybody to get this. I want to get it on the tape. You following me there, uh, Charles? So I did a 10-day a fast. It's been a few years ago um i the first couple days i was hungry after that i was not um but it was an awesome time i think of just renewing myself in the lord what do you mean um the concept of it in the beginning was very difficult for me um, somebody that likes to eat. I was fasting, I think, just to draw closer to the Lord. Um, absolutely. I do, but it, if it's done correctly and not recklessly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, uh, we don't talk much about fasting anymore. Uh, most pastors don't want half their church to get <laughs> run outside and get in their cars and leave. 
but uh, there's a lot of power in, in fasting. Now, uh, John, where did I leave off? Uh, yeah, Luke, Luke 4. I'm sorry, say again. Okay, now verse 3. And the devil said unto him, If you be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Now, what's the word for what he just said to him? What is it? It's a temptation. Uh, the devil will tempt you all the time. He'll say stuff to you like, you know, if, 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 I'm, if, I'm, if you're really in love with this God that you claim, uh, why can't you be everything that he is? Well, the truth is you can. But you're, you're not supposed to be led there by a tempting spirit. Amen? Now, verse 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, you'll, you'll notice in every one of these temptations, Jesus comes back with an answer that he got out of what? And what's interesting about that, when I close later, I'm going to read you a scripture, and you'll, you'll begin to realize how powerful it is that Jesus is the Word of God. Capital W. The Word of God. Now, verse uh, 5. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give you, and the glory of them for that for that it is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore be, will worship me, all shall be yours. In other words, if you want, if you worship me, the devil, I'll give you everything you can see. There's a lot of t uh, people in uh, the scholars believe that, uh, that Satan may have been in charge of all the things that are on the earth, particularly powers and governments. So that's what he's telling him. All this power, verse 6, will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. Listen, I don't care what you are going through. If you have to use the devil to get to your goal, you're out on a real a shattered limb. You're about to get in bad trouble. How many of you know God? The Bible says God can do anything. What you've got to learn how to do is put your trust in Him and not Satan. Because Satan will lie to you every single time. And those lies are intended to draw you away from the real God. Verse 9, And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if you, will, if you be the Son of God, cast thyself down from here. In other words, I've been to the pinnacle of the temple. It's still there. It's a wall a couple of hundred feet at the, at the very end of the 
a peninsula where the, the temple stood. And uh, at the bottom of that was a rock quarry. Now they, 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 they took Stephen, the very first Christian martyr. They were mad at him. The Jews were. And they took him up on the pinnacle of the, of the temple and threw him off into that rock pit. And they looked down there and he wasn't quite dead. So what did they do? They all went down there with who? Who was in charge? Paul. Let's go get him. He's not quite dead. He needs to die. Paul held their coats while they stoned him. And Stephen said several things, but one of them was so powerful. Could you have done this? He said, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they ended up stoning him to death, and he died. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Jesus. Now, I want to go, uh, I'm going to move along a little quicker here. I want you to go to John chapter 1. When you leave here today, I want you to know who Jesus really is. Years ago, I'm talking about 45, no, 50 years ago, I had just been saved. Didn't know anything. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Never read the Bible, didn't know anything. But I, I found this uh, scripture in the Bible that was talking about Jesus being divine and, and this scripture here particularly. And it, it moved me. I was in a, a, a guy's office. If I said his name, most of you would know him. But uh, when I mentioned the Trinity, uh, in a desk right behind him was a woman that worked with him. She was a Mormon. And she heard me say that. She wasn't invited in the conversation. But she heard me say that, and she laughed. And she said, well, anybody knows anything about the Bible knows that the, the Trinity teaching false. Now, i got to be honest with you. I was ashamed because I didn't, know, I didn't have a comeback for that. And I went out of the, that guy's office that day feeling about this big. And I said, Lord, from now on, I, I'm going to read your Bible as much as I can and every time I come across a scripture that proves your trinity or the divinity of Jesus Christ, I want you to show it to me. And in my Bible at the time, I had the page right before John chapter 1 was blank. So I could write small. I could write scripture. I had hundreds of scriptures before this was over. Starting with this one, look at John chapter 1. In the beginning, when was that? when it all started was the word capital W that means it's a personal pro pronoun and that means that it uh, it's the word a personal pronoun it's a person what we got to do is figure out who it was and the word was with God and the word what so whoever the word is was with God but he was also God how's that possible how can somebody be with God and be God at the same time? Now, look at uh, verse 2. The same, the Word, was in the beginning with God. 
all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. To him was life. In him was life. <coughs> Excuse me. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John who wrote this epistle. Verse 7, the same came from for a witness to bear witness of the light. And notice that's capitalized too. That all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but, but was sent to bear witness. Now, who's he talking about now? Yeah, he's talking about another John, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was who? How was he related to Jesus? We're cousins. And... Uh, you know, there was a lot of conceiving going on. It wasn't just Jesus. And actually, John the Baptist was born before Jesus was, a little bit older. This story gets really, uh, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? And so, uh, he, he's not the light. Jesus is the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. Now we're back to the word. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which was born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, now watch this, the word, who is that? Who is the Word? The Word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Everybody look at me. Does anybody here thinks that Jesus existed before His birth of the Virgin Mary? Anybody believe that He did? Raise your hand. Uh, if you don't believe that, raise your hand. You don't believe he existed. And some of you, how many of you didn't raise your hand at all? Raise your hand now. <laughs> there were some of you. Uh, God's good, isn't he? God's not laughing. You know what I hope and pray, and I'm about to close. I pray that the day you get the same experience I got. It's called a revelation. Those 12 disciples, they didn't know who Jesus was. He told them he was the Messiah, the Son of God, but they've never, and, and in this scripture, by the way, look back at uh, chapter 1, verse 1 of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now look at verse 3. All things were made by him. Who? Jesus. Jesus and, and God are both divine. You've got, it's called the Trinity. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, they're all three divine. They're all three uh, uh, God, but they're different persons. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. Everybody following that? And then what he did was the Holy Spirit, which is also part of that Trinity. Are you listening? 
the Holy Spirit, when you got, came down or where it was, you fell on your knees and you asked Jesus to forgive you and you, and you asked him to come into your heart, it's exactly what he did. And the Holy Spirit came into your life and his spirit, your spirit did this. You became one with him. Amen? What a amazing. So my point is, Jesus, now listen to me carefully, Jesus has always existed. He didn't just start existing when he was born to the Virgin Mary. Now some of you are looking at me with a funny look. I hope I'm not confusing you. How many of you feel confused right now a little bit? You can be honest. Okay, I'm going to close with this. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah, let's leave that up there, John. Another word, by the way, for what we're talking about is incarnation. In Spanish, it's carne, which means what? Meat, flesh. The word incarnation derives from a Latin word developed from in, I-N, plus caro, C-A-R-O, or flesh, which literally means in the flesh. In Christian theology, the term refers to the supernatural act of God affected by the Holy Spirit, whereby the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, or the tri triune Godhead, took not unto union with himself a complete... <coughs> I'm having... Uh, He did this in order to become the Redeemer of the church, our prophet, priest, and king, and thus to save his people from their sins. By becoming one with us, the Lord of glory not only shares our sorrows and burdens, he is also able to secure our redemption by bearing our sin on the cross as a substitute and being raised for our justification. The Bible says, look at me, number one, everyone in this room is a sinner, including moi, me. The Bible says, if you've got even one tidbit of sin in your life, you can't go to heaven. Oh, and you're getting nervous now because you know last week you bit somebody's head off, didn't you? Or you did something to your mate that, that wounded them and you didn't see, you didn't Ask for forgiveness, didn't you? Didn't you? When you go to the Lord and you say two things. Number one, Lord, I repent. Now that doesn't mean to just say you're sorry. I always use this line in the carpet. Say it's a rail that you're walking on. When you repent, you not only say you're sorry for what you've done, but you see, what, what this is leading you to is, a, is a, a place where you will be killed. When you repent, you turn around and you go in the opposite direction. It's one thing to say you're sorry, but if you don't make that move to go in the opposite direction, you haven't truly repented. Are you with me? Secondly, and this is how you get saved. You say, Lord, I'm asking you, Jesus, that you will come into my heart and be my what? My Savior. You need a Savior. 
God help us. We need a Savior. If I told you some of the things I did when I was in high school and college, it would curl the hair on your back of your neck. I'm not proud. I'm ashamed. But I'm also thankful that God gave me a chance to repent and get my life right and maybe give me an opportunity somewhere down the line where I can share that information with you and others and you can get your life right too. And the last thing, how many of you know Jesus is coming? I'm telling you he's coming sooner than you think. And you must be prepared. You must be prepared. Close your eyes. Thank you, Lord. If you're here today, is there anybody here that's not sure you're saved? Anybody here that's not sure you've ever asked Jesus to come into your heart? Be honest. We all had to make that decision. If you're here today and you're not sure you've ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that word means to be totally immersed in God's Spirit. And you speak in tongues. How I many of you are hearing that hasn't happened to you yet? You don't have to be ashamed. Oh, really? How I many of you would like to receive it? Okay. Lord, Lord, should I believe them? <laughs> uh, let's just do it this way. I want you to pray right now. And I want you to say the prayer I pray. Everybody ready? Say it out loud. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior. I repent of all my sins. And Father, I know that if I ask you for anything, you will do it. So right now I receive the gift of salvation in Jesus' name. Now this part when we pray, uh, when, we get, when we say amen on this part, I want you to open your mouth and start speaking, and you'll speak in a language you didn't know. You, you'll be shocked, but that's okay. So say this prayer, Lord Jesus, now that you are my Savior, I recognize that I am a candidate to receive all of your gifts. So right now by faith, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Now, once you get real quiet, keep your eyes closed. When you get ready, I want you to open your mouth, start speaking in another language. Listen, he's not going to put you in a trance. doesn't work that way. All it is, you're going to obey God. Join with me. You're not supposed to copy my language. You just do what God tells you. And say it loud. I can't hear you. Let me hear you. 
Voilà, parce que Sandra va la vattosa, ora ne si capolle, mi parla, mi dice, mi dice, mi dice, mi dice, Oh, Jesus. Listen to me. Amen. I don't want you to get discouraged. These things are important. And I came into the charismatic renewal almost 50 years ago at its peak. Man, everybody was hot and excited and swinging across the room. Now it's gotten... Blah. You know what? I'm not. I'm not satisfied with that. What about you, Terry? Are you satisfied with that? No. You need to seek your God, ask Him to give you everything that you're supposed to have. And the truth is, Jesus said, "The things I've done, you shall do, and greater things than these shall you do, because I go to the Father." Speaking in tongues is one of those things. What's it for? It is to empower and enhance your prayer life. When God in here is using your mouth praying to God, is that powerful? Because a lot of times when you pray, you're praying in the flesh. You don't know how to pray. I, I, I told you the other day I was awakened from asleep years ago, and the Lord said, get on your knees by the bed, and I did. And he said, pray in tongues. I said, well, for who? He said, it's for a missionary in Africa, and he's about to be killed. Well, what's his name? He said, you don't need to know his name. Well, I said, Lord, I don't know anything about him. How can I know how to pray effectively? He said, pray in the Spirit. So I began to pray in tongues. God in here, using my mouth, praying to God for that missionary. I never heard another word. Don't know who he was. I assume God delivered him. But I can tell you this, later I felt honored that God would use me to save a life. Father, as we go today, may your spirit go with us. And Father, we love you with all of our hearts. I wish everybody a happy rest of the holiday. Merry Christmas. Father, just bless us as we bless you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, now finally, is there anybody that has anything to say? Anybody? You're dismissed. May God bless you. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.